If you have brothers or sisters, then you know that there's a lot of family conflicts that can happen between siblings. One child might think that they get overlooked because they're the middle child. Maybe you feel like the baby of the family gets all the attention, or that the older child gets saddled with all the work. Or maybe you think your mom and dad like your brother or sister better than you sometimes. Families are never perfect because the reality is is that we're a bunch of people with sin living together. But the comfort that we can have is that God is in control and he has purposes that are much higher than our family systems. No matter if you're the first child or the baby of the family or stuck somewhere in the middle, God's purposes for your life will stand. I'm so glad that you've joined me on Audacious Arrows, where we're becoming recklessly bold men and women of faith through the power of God's word. Our reading today is kind of a transition. We've been talking primarily about Abraham and his family, and we're going to move to talking about his son Isaac and his family. So part of that transition is kind of wrapping up things with Abraham's life. We're going to hear about um, Abraham's other children other than Isaac. So we're going to hear a little bit about some children that he had after Isaac was born, and we're going to hear about Abraham's death and burial. He's buried in the same tomb where Sarah, his wife, was buried, that tomb on that land that he purchased in the land of Canaan. We're going to hear about Ishmael's sons. And just like that prophecy back in chapter 17, that there would be 12 princes from him and that he'd be a great nation, we're going to hear that, sure enough, Ishmael does have 12 sons who are these 12 princes. And after all that, we're going to hear a little bit about Isaac and his wife, Rebecca. Like Sarah, Rebecca starts out being barren. She's unable to have children. But they pray to the Lord, and the Lord gives her not one baby, but twins within her womb. So she's going to have two babies, and they're very important in the Bible. Their names are Jacob and Esau. Now, Esau is the firstborn. So even though these are twins, they're in there at the same time, they're born like one after the other. Technically, Esau is born first. And his name means hairy because he's a hairy guy. Um, He's also red. He's very interested in this red stew later. And so sometimes he's called Edom, which means red. So you hear that Esau and Edom are both referring to the same person. He's kind of red and hairy, is, is how we describe Esau. Jacob, the name Jacob, means he takes by the heel. So he's going to be born right after his older brother Esau, and that's what his name means. So Esau is the firstborn, and that mattered in biblical times. In fact, not just in biblical times, but in most of history, in most parts of the world, the Firstborn son would be the one who would inherit most of the family, name, property, possessions, and those sorts of things. 
in our modern American times, we do things a little bit differently. Um, parents tend to divide up their possessions between all of their children more equally. But throughout most of history, in most parts of the world, the firstborn son was the primary heir. They would receive most of the possessions. And part of the reason for that is it kept the family home, the family wealth, all together in one place. And that wealth then would get bigger through each generation. So there were some there were some reasons for that. And there's also some reasons that we tend to do it differently today. But to understand our Bible story, I think it matters that you understand that. So Esau is technically the heir. He is the firstborn son of Isaac. So he's set to inherit all of the wealth and he's also set to inherit the promises, the covenant um, that Isaac inherited from his father. So God made this covenant with Abraham and a lot of it has to do with Abraham's children. Um, the blessing flowed from Abraham down to Isaac and it's supposed to go to Esau, Isaac's firstborn son. But as we'll see in our story, there's a twist of events that happens. And so that promise does not go to Esau. It goes to Jacob. And all of this talk about inheriting um, the possessions was called the birthright. So Esau has a birthright, and that is his right as the firstborn son to inherit from his father. Okay, so we're going to hear that word birthright, and now you'll know what it means. Okay, let's dive in. We are in Genesis chapter 25, and we're starting at verse 1. So find Genesis chapter 25 and verse 1 in your Bible. Abraham took another wife whose name was Keturah. She bore him Zimran, Jokshim, Medan, Midian, Ishbak, and Shua. Jokshim fathered Sheba and Dadan. The sons of Dadan were Ashurim, Latushim, and Leumim. The sons of Midian were Ephah, Epher, Hanak, Abida, and Elda. All these were the children of Keturah. Abraham gave all he had to Isaac. But to the sons of his concubines, Abraham gave gifts. And while he was still living, he sent them away from his son Isaac, eastward to the east country. These are the days of the years of Abraham's life, 175 years. Abraham breathed his last and died in a good old age, an old man and full of years, and was gathered to his people. Isaac and Ishmael, his sons, buried him in the cave of Machpelah, in the field of Ephron, the son of Zohar the Hittite, east of Mamre, the field that Abraham purchased from the Hittites. There Abraham was buried with Sarah his wife. After the death of Abraham, God blessed Isaac his son, and Isaac settled at Beer Lahai Roy. These are the generations of Ishmael, Abraham's son, whom Hagar the Egyptian, Sarah's servant, bore to Abraham. These are the names of the sons of Ishmael, named in the order of their birth. Nebaioth, the firstborn of Ishmael, and Kadar, Adbeel, Mibsam, Mishma, Duma, Masa, Hadad, Tima, Jatur, Nafish, and Kadema. These are the sons of Ishmael, and these are their names by their villages and by their encampments, twelve princes according to their tribes. These are the years of the life of Ishmael, 137 years. He breathed his last and died and was gathered to his people. They settled from Havilah to Shur, which is opposite Egypt in the direction of Assyria. 
he settled over against all his kinsmen. These are the generations of Isaac, Abraham's son. Abraham fathered Isaac, and Isaac was forty years old when he took Rebekah to be his wife, the daughter of Bethuel, the Aramean, of Padan, Aram, the sister of Laban, the Aramean. And Isaac prayed to the Lord for his wife, because she was barren, and the Lord granted his prayer, and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. The children struggled together within her, and she said, If it is thus, why is this happening to me? So she went to inquire of the Lord, and the Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb, and two peoples from within you shall be divided. The one shall be stronger than the other. The older shall serve the younger. When her days to give birth were completed, behold, there were twins in her womb. The first came out red, all his body like a hairy cloak. So they called his name Esau. Afterward his brother came out with his hand holding Esau's heel. So his name was called Jacob. Isaac was sixty years old when she bore them. When the boys grew up, Esau was a skillful hunter, a man of the field, while Jacob was a quiet man dwelling in tents. Isaac loved Esau because he ate of his game, but Rebekah loved Jacob. Once, when Jacob was cooking stew, Esau came in from the field, and he was exhausted. And Esau said to Jacob, Let me eat some of that red stew, for I am exhausted. Therefore his name was called Edom. Jacob said, Sell me your birthright now. Esau said, I'm about to die. Of what use is a birthright to me? Jacob said, Swear to me now. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and lentil stew, and he ate and drank, and rose and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Well, let's talk through and try to understand what this chapter of the Bible means for us. First of all, we need to understand that these promises made to Abraham go down to his descendants. But God was very specific in the Bible that the offspring of Abraham would be named through Isaac specifically. God laid that out back in chapter 21 when he said that through Isaac, your offspring will be named. So we see that Abraham does give gifts to his other children. It's not that he doesn't care about them at all, but his inheritance and the blessing flows down to his son Isaac, this child of the promise. And Abraham is buried in the land of Canaan, and his bones are probably still there buried somewhere. But at the same time, we know that he was counted righteous before the Lord, because Abraham believed God, God counted it to him as righteousness. And because of that, Abraham lives before the Lord. Several hundred years later, the Lord will appear to Moses in a burning bush, and he'll say, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. So Abraham lives before the Lord. And one day, there will be a full, complete bodily resurrection of Abraham as well. As we study the Old Testament and put all these things together in the Bible, you get a fuller theology, a fuller understanding of God and the way that he works. That's why it's important to read all of the Bible and not just pick out favorite verses. That's why we go through all of the Bible, even some of the chapters that aren't quite as interesting or are more difficult to understand.
Then we get through Ishmael and we see that, yes, God did indeed keep his promises to Ishmael and he became a great nation and he was prosperous and he had these sons. He had 12 sons that were 12 princes, just as God had said. And then we get to Isaac and Rebekah. Kind of like Sarah, Rebecca is barren. Do you think that maybe God wanted to show Isaac and Rebecca that they needed to trust the Lord, they needed to ask the Lord and depend on him to have a child? I think so. I think often God puts difficulties and trials in our lives because it forces us to acknowledge that we need him. We need him. We can't have children on our own. We can't be successful on our own. We absolutely need the Lord. And that's what happened for Isaac and Rebecca. They both ended up calling out to the Lord. And the Lord did bless them and gave Rebecca these twin boys. But God also told Rebecca some things about these babies that they would be two nations, that they would be divided, that one would be stronger than the other, and that the older would serve the younger. And that's very unusual that the older child would serve the younger because usually the older child would be the the heir right and then we have this story where Esau gives up his birthright for a bowl of stew now in Esau's defense we don't know exactly how hungry he was he was out hunting and he may have been out hunting for days and maybe he hasn't eaten for days and days so he truly is really really famished and hungry but he's giving up his birthright which is a big deal because his birthright isn't just a house or piece of property or money, but his birthright includes the promise made to Abraham. And he's willing to give that up for food. And we have Jacob, and he's not so great either because he takes advantage of his brother Esau and he kind of tricks and manipulates him. Think about how different this is from the way Abraham treated his nephew Lot. Abraham, in faith, gave Lot the bigger portion of land. But here we have Jacob is willing to kind of take advantage of his brother. So neither Esau or Jacob are painted as the best characters so far. But at the end of the story, Esau despised his birthright. It means like he hated it. He, he wanted food so much more than this birthright that he was willing to give it up. And so Jacob has the birthright now. He is set to inherit from Isaac. Now, in the Bible, Paul, in the book of Romans, talks about this very story. And I think it's important to read what he says because it helps us understand the story better. So I'm going to read a little bit of that to you. This is in Romans chapter 9, verse, and I'm going to start at verse 10. It says, When Rebekah had conceived children by one man, our forefather Isaac, though they were not yet born and had done nothing, either good or bad, in order that God's purpose of election might continue, not because of works, but because of his call, she was told, the older will serve the younger. As it is written, Jacob I loved, but Esau I hated. What shall we say then? Is there injustice on God's part? By no means. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. So then, it depends not on human will or exertion, but on God who has mercy. 
And Paul goes on, I would encourage you to read the whole chapter of Romans 9, and we'll get there at some point on this podcast. But I think it's important to understand that God has a purpose of election. He calls who he will. Remember, he called Abraham. Had Abraham done anything to deserve that? Not that we know about. He likewise chose Jacob before he was even born, before he had done anything, either good things or bad things. He chose Jacob because God is God and he has mercy on whomever he has mercy and shows compassion to whom he shows compassion. This is a story that helps us understand something called God's sovereignty. He is the creator of the whole world, of all of us. He rules, and because he is God and we are not, he is sovereign. He is in control, and he rules, and he makes decisions. And he is a good God, so his decisions are always right, even if we don't understand them. All right, we're going to talk more about that in the future, but for now, let's move on to our memory verse for this week. We're memorizing Isaiah chapter 43, verse 25. This is God speaking, and he says, I, I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. What a beautiful promise. Well, I'm so glad that you were reading your Bible with me today on Audacious Arrows. We'll see you next time.